Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park I'm ready. Just want to make sure you're ready, brother. Show me the money. Oh, you didn't know? Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. You put my shoes on, you wouldn't last a mile. Summertime, when it's time, when it grind. Yeah, I got the ring, I'm the champ, I'm the genie of the lamp. This is the gift I was given, so I just live by my hustle. Pocket, it don't make sense, but don't make a profit. So I hustle, ladies and homies, make money, make money, money, money. I want to find a thing to save my life, so I hustle, hustle. It ain't over for me, no, it ain't over for me. Here comes the money. Here we go, money talk. Okay, let's go smoke a joint. What up, what up? Fantasy Football Hustler back at you with another live stream, and we got some more rookie content for you. I'm hyped because we're going to be talking about some super flex first-round rookies, so get ready. I know everybody's got rookie fever right now. NFL draft is right around the corner. Got a special guest that I'm going to be bringing on in one sec. Make sure if this is your first time here, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you hit the like button. Smash the like button right now. And make sure you go follow on all platforms, all podcasts, all social media. Go check out the link in the description. Help me out, guys. Go follow everywhere. And special guest, I'm hyped. We're the man, the myth, the legend in the dynasty fantasy space. He's representing the BDGE, representing his Wolfpack community, and representing the number one dynasty show on YouTube, the Bunk Bed Breakdown, Mr. Mike Lou, a.k.a. Mike Me Up. What's up, What up, what up? Happy to be on, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, stoked to have you on. Talk about some uh, some rookie some rookie draft stuff, and we got a handful of people in right now. Make sure you leave some comments, guys. Hit the like button. Let's smash it. What up, Eric and Willie and Joseph? What up, guys? Before we jump into just everything Dynasty, I want to hear a little bit about your backstory, just how you kind of became a content creator, because kind of took the fantasy Twitter and the Dynasty world by storm, and. Uh, I'm just stoked that you're on here to talk with me. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, my background wasn't really in this whole thing to start. I mean, I probably, 
I was just like you, man, just another dude on Twitter, just commenting on stuff, going back and forth with with some of the big shots nowadays. You know, guys like Ray GQ, guys like Garrett Price. You know, I was just talking shit and, and talking football and doing, you know, what you see now, like what I do on Twitter was basically what I was doing back then. You know, I was just chopping shop and just going back and forth with some guys that actually, that actually knew what they were doing. And, you know, it turned out, that I ended up getting like a call on a call with Garrett Price, who's a really nice guy over there at Dynasty Nerds. If you guys don't know, um, if you guys don't know, haven't been on there, you know, great group of folks there. And, you know, he had like this thing where he said, Hey, like if someone donates to like our local community center or something like that in, in Cleveland, you know, I'll get on a call with you and we can talk your, you know, I'll give you advice on your dynasty teams or whatever for like, you know, 15 minutes. And I was like, Hey man, that's a cool cause. You know, we'll, I'll donate to there, but there's no need to hop on a call. I don't, I don't think I, I, I thought I was a cocky kid back then. So I, I was like, I don't need any advice on, on my dynasty team. So I thought I was doing well. He's like, you know what? No, let's just uh, hop on and have a chat. So we did. Uh, we didn't really talk dynasty teams. We just kind of like talked about like random shit. And, you know, turned out that, you know, we, we kind of synced up pretty well. And he asked me to write for their site. And I was like, hey, man, I, I have no idea how to write fantasy football. I've never written anything uh, in my life for fantasy football. He's like, why don't you just like write a sample and then find it and then fire it over. So I wrote like an article about like, uh, I think it was tight end premium drafting strategy back then. And why I thought like the tight ends were overrated, and I wrote a bunch of jokes in there. And he's like, "Hey, cool, man, this this stinks with us." So I went on over there. I wrote for Dynasty Nerds for you know maybe like a few months or something like that uh, before hopping over and becoming a writer at DLF. I just wanted to pick like big brains, you know, like Peter Howdy and and all those guys and Drew DFB Encounter, both of whom you know I've become well acquainted with now through my interaction on Twitter, and you know I learned a lot from them. And then after that, I just, I was like, Hey man, like articles is not my thing. Like, I don't, I don't really enjoy writing articles that much. Like I'll put it out there, but I much prefer, you know, putting stuff out on Twitter threads. If I think it's written form, uh, or, you know, if I'm not written form, then like I prefer video and, you know, Nick and I were friends, you know, I, I founded him on YouTube, like way back in the day when he had like, you know, a couple hundred followers, maybe if that, and right. I was following him then I, you know, I was digging his vibe and, you know, I went out and met with them like in person. We did like the live New York draft. I've been there for a couple of years now. So, you know, we've partied out in New York together a couple of times and we've gelled pretty well. Uh, so I, I'm lucky enough to kind of consider him a friend, you know, outside of this fantasy space. And he was looking for someone to kind of create dynasty content for him on a YouTube platform. So I was like, Hey, you know, I'll, I'll take a crack at that again. Never did video before and, and hopped on. And if you go back, look, my videos are probably trash. Uh, they probably still are trash, but you know, kind of just learned the ropes there and, and improved over time. So, you know, that kind of brings me where I am now. I'm just, you know, having fun and, and creating content for BDG over there. You know, I got, you know, the, the Wolfpack Patreon that we started, which is all still under the BDG umbrella. It's just like a very hardcore, you know, dynasty focused group. Uh, so I'm very, I'm very happy about that community. I'm very proud of, of where we've gone in, in, you know, in the short span of, of less than a month. And I'm excited to see where we're going. But uh, yeah, I don't do this stuff full time, man. I've always said this is a, my Twitter is a personal account. So you're going to get a bunch of shit on there that I talk about that I want to talk about, you know, whether it's non-football related or whatever. And then uh, on the side, it's kind of like my side hustle. You know, I just, I just do it for fun uh, as a passion of mine. Uh, my my real life my job and my career uh, obviously still take precedence so this is like a this is not something that i plan on doing full-time really it's just something that it's more of a hobby that i've turned into a, a passion that i've now trying to share with uh, people yeah for sure and there are definitely uh, worse hobbies to have I, I couldn't think of a better hobby to have than talking about fantasy football and connecting with people over it yeah yeah it's a, it's a great community man i mean 
Uh, it, it's a lot of shitty stuff, you know. You go on Twitter, a lot of toxic stuff for sure. But you know, I definitely appreciate the community itself. You know, I like engaging with people. I, I like engaging, you know, even more so than engaging with other people in the community. Uh, I kind of just like engaging with you know my followers and people and patrons and people that you know regular Joes like me that just like to talk football. I think that's a very under underrated. You know, where a community it kind of feels cliquey sometimes. So I think it's important to kind of you know reach out to your followers, the people that are actually supporting you especially now more than ever. I mean, I know quarantine, I mean, it's not as bad now, I guess, as it was last year, but everyone's looking for a sense of community right now. And fantasy football is a good connector. Yep. For sure. Yeah. And we already know that your reputation uh, precedes you. <laughs> Eric said, you're the Bruce Lee of dynasty. I like <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> and there we go. And brand drum like it. Hustler plus the wolf pack plus BDGE. Great combo. Respect boys. I like it. Appreciate you for joining. Now, how about for some people who are brand new to Dynasty? So just brand new Dynasty manager, um, what would you say are a couple of do's and don'ts? Um, let's start with the do's. What would you say is a good practice to have in an inaugural draft? Maybe it's draft position. Maybe it's um, drafted rookies. What What would you say are some, uh, some yeah, nice I'd say, pieces to buy? Um, I'd say, you know, the biggest piece of advice I can give people and, you know, the mantra that I have when I do drafts is I try to stay flexible. Um, and, you know, what that means in Dynasty is when you first come over Dynasty, you know, people probably coming from a redraft format, right, where you're trying to just like win and get the best players to score the most points. Uh, I think when it comes to Dynasty, there's many other aspects that people need to consider, you know, value long term. Is it the best? Is it the best course of action to try and win first year? Not always, right? You can kind of a lot of times I'll sacrifice that first year to really build a juggernaut for the next two to three years to come. And you know, one thing to do, the way to do that is just to stay flexible. Don't don't like draft and pigeonhole yourself into into a certain thing. And the way you do that is, you know, I'll I'll probably move on to the don'ts now. Is you don't you try and stay and draft young early. Uh, I I try and avoid really older aging assets in the top you know, three or four rounds of the draft, because once you do that, you kind of have to commit to a contention team. Whereas, you know, if you keep it young, you keep it flexible, you can pivot and do, you know, whatever you want to do down the line. So I think flexibility, probably one of the most underrated aspects of dynasty that people don't really, don't really talk about, don't really think about that much. Uh, you know, everyone talks about like hit rates and, you know, where players finish. Whereas in dynasty, like I think when I think of building success, I think about building like value over the long run and value over the long run doesn't necessarily mean scoring the most points right now. And and that sounds, I think that's a very counterintuitive thing for newcomers. So like, holy shit, I just want to score the most points. I want to win. I want to do this and that. But you know, that's, that's a very small factor uh, when it comes to dynasty. Yeah, definitely agreed. What about for brand new commissioners to dynasty? I know there's a lot of new dynasty commissioners. People want to start leagues. What, what would you say are a couple things what are some that you'd recommend a new dynasty commissioner do? Yeah, you, you draft some bylaws. I think you know when you're when you're getting into this game with a bunch of strangers on the internet, um, you know you're not going to foresee everything. But you know when I commission a league, I spent the time like I think maybe a couple of years ago. I spent like a few hours just drafted up like you know a ten page, eight page bylaws to cover everything that I thought I could I could think of. And obviously over the years, I've I've kind of developed that and and you know made it you know added certain clauses and last year i had to make a bunch of like clauses for covid because that nobody would have foreseen that shit right um so i think really drafting the bylaws because that one shows the commissioner is is prepared so 
if I'm joining a league and the commissioner has no bylaws, I'm not even considering joining that league because it shows they didn't have the effort. They put in the effort up front to even outlay some of that stuff. So what kind of effort are they going to put in, you know, later on down the line? So if you're a commissioner, you want to be a good commissioner because bad commissioner sinks fucking leagues. I tell you, like, there's nothing that sinks a league faster than a shitty commissioner. So if you want to be a good commissioner, put thoughts in and get those bylaws. You know, if you're part of my Patreon, you can just literally rip my sample bylaws and, and go and go and tailor it to your own own team's needs. But you know, you can also just put that thought in and just write it up yourself. And it might not be great, you know, but at least at least put in that effort. And then also, uh, never draft before you collect payment. You know, I see a lot of a lot of horror stories, you know, on, on Twitter of like, I don't I don't care how many followers that guy has or, or that person has. Like, I don't care if they have 12,000 followers, like you get the payment from them before they draft because you don't want to be in a scenario where you, either you have to eat the money or you're forcing the league to eat the money uh, because they didn't pay or they left or, or whatever. Uh, so, you know, it's a shitty part of it. That's a business side of fantasy football. But as a commissioner, you kind of just got to put your foot down and make sure you get payments. You don't get fucked down the line. And other people on your channel or other people on your in your league um, have to like eat the eat that mistake because you made that mistake. Right. So you got to think ahead. And then also, you know, if you're drafting rookie, if you're trading rookie picks, which is a big part of Dynasty and you should be, you should be allowed to trade future rookie picks. Make sure you uh, collect the money from people before they trade those picks. There's nothing worse than uh, someone going going all in and thinking they can win year one and trading away all the rookie picks and then realizing they fucked up and then they try and leave. And now that team has no rookie picks and it's hard to rebuild a team with no rookie picks. It's going to be hard for you to replace that orphan. Uh, and you know, that's why a bunch of dynasty leagues collapse after like one or two years. So put the, put the front up, put the work up front to do like those very, very simple things. And I think that'll, that'll cause like solve a lot of headaches down the line. And nobody wants to start a league off on a shitty foot like that. That is for sure. Just uh sour, every manager's um, put a sour taste in every manager's mouth. That's for sure. Yeah. All right. So before we get into the top 12 Superflex rookies, let me remind everybody, make sure you go subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on Twitter and Facebook. The link is in the description of the video. And if you want to get into some dynasty leagues or join a real boss community that is active 24-7 right now, we've already spawned three leagues. Go get signed up at fantasyfootballhustler.com. It's linked to my Patreon. Got a lot of tiers on there. Um, just get signed up on the on the smallest tier. Get signed up on the $5 tier. We'll get in the Dynasty League together. And we are going to be breaking down your top 12 in a Superflex League. And what are your preferred settings as far as scoring? Um, well, I guess I mean, we already know Superflex, at least for this. But as far as like PPR, standard 0.5, 1.0? Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't really have too many strong preferences. Like a lot of my leagues are PPR, but you know, I'll have like a tight end premium aspect to them. Um, in terms of quarterback scoring, I hate the standard four two or six two, whatever people use. I use like six touchdown minus four interceptions, so it really punishes bad quarterbacks. Um, I think those are probably like some boilerplate stuff. And then sometimes I incorporate like, you know, 0 0.25 points per carry. And, you know, more recently, I really like I really like using points per first down even over a points per reception because uh, you know, that kind of tracks more towards um, like what the impact is in the game. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff you can do. I think Scott Fishbowl does a really, really good job of implementing balanced scoring and just interesting scoring. Like I, I like interesting scoring where like it makes it makes things less vanilla and you kind of draft and there's a lot of different ways to go in the draft. That's what I like most pretty much just just like innovative and, uh, you know, fun scoring. 
And would you say a dynasty league with like custom scoring, you know, or just a little bit separate from default would probably last a little bit longer than a dynasty league with vanilla scoring? And um, I don't know about that. I don't, I don't know if like that has an impact on anything. Like, you know, how long your dynasty league lasts really has to do with how well you recruit players. So, you know, when I, when I create dynasty leagues, I'm like asking a lot of questions for people that join the leagues and, you know, I'll only accept people that I think will be good for the league and two um just you know be there for the long run and i've been lucky enough in that the three or four leagues that i've commissioned you know from three years ago none of them have folded and you know every year i might have like one turnover or two turnovers i think this year i i only had like one in, in one of my leagues so it's about picking the people um and just you know being a good commissioner right staying active um all that goes a long way i don't think scoring plays too much into it as long as you have like a super flex i mean even though like you know i'm still in leagues that are like one qb i never join anymore but like those are the ones i joined when i first started playing dynasty because mm -hmm. uh, i don't like leaving leagues but you know it, i don't think scoring has a lot to do with it. it just has to do with you know commissioners and, and people in your league and, and how your league mates interact with each other for sure so let's hop into the 101 i mean obvious choice trevor lawrence I don't think that anyone's going other than Trevor Lawrence 101 in a super flex league. Do you think he's going to be a decent starter game one in fantasy? Yeah. I mean, you know, you say there's, there's no questions about it, but you know, you go on Twitter these days and you know, people, a lot of people have questions about, you know, Zach Wilson and, and, and everyone else uh, in the class. I don't think there's any question just because of how the signaling that we're getting from drafts. But you know, if someone goes 101. I'm expecting them to be able to start uh, day one. And, you know, if you draft Trevor Lawrence, you're, you're assuming that he's going to start day one, especially in the startup, because he's going to go in the first round of any dynasty startup, probably in the top 10 picks, I would guess. Uh, so, you know, if you're taking that risk, like that means you're, you're expecting him to start, and I'm expecting him to start. So if you're, if you're first overall pick at quarterback, like you, you have a pretty guaranteed job going in. For sure. And the quarterback class is deep. You got Justin Fields at 102. Do you think that... Obviously, it depends on where he lands, but you think he's someone who's going to be able to start game one for fantasy? I think so. Uh, I mean, I'm a big fan of Justin Fields. I've been a big fan of Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, like going back a long time. Uh, you know, I tracked them coming out of high school. They're both in the Elite 11, and Justin Fields actually beat uh, Trevor Lawrence for the MVP of the Elite 11 class. And then obviously, he went on to Georgia and, and Kirby Smart, who's actually Kirby Stupid, just didn't play him. So we didn't get to see Justin Fields early on, but then he went to Ohio State and he balled. So I'm a big fan of Justin Fields. I think that the, the key here between both Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence is what I stress a lot. And they both offer the Konami code upside, which is just rushing upside at the quarterback position. So even though they're rookies, you know, maybe they struggle a bit through the air, but having that dual threat ability is pretty clutch and really key. And if you look at Joe Burrow, we look at Justin Herbert, you know, all these guys kind of offer that type of upside. So I think they both can start. It just depends on where he goes. I mean, a lot of draft uh, people are mocking him like a little bit, a little bit later in the first. So maybe he doesn't start right away. Maybe he takes like a Justin Herbert path. Okay. Um, but you know, I think long term, these are these are both very safe starters for sure. And before we get into your 103, when it comes to you scouting rookies, like we're talking pre-draft right now, we have no idea where any of these guys are going to go except for Trevor Lawrence, which we think is going to the Jaguars. How much do your rankings change from pre-NFL draft to post-NFL draft? Um, I think they'll change maybe a decent amount. I've, I mean, I try and basically based on all the information I take in from like mainstream media guys, 
whether these guys will get draft capital. So I'm trying to account for draft capital uh, and I'm trying to account for security before the NFL draft. So I will rank guys who I think are really safe from a draft capital perspective, from a landing spot perspective earlier. Uh, and you'll, you'll see that with my next pick. Um, but, you know, after the draft happens, it's definitely going to impact stuff, right? Like draft capital is the main thing, right? I think, I think if you don't, you don't adjust for draft capital, I think that's a mistake just because it's a very big signal for opportunity and opportunity is king in the NFL. I'll, I will say for the wide receiver position, it doesn't really change much because I've kind of seen what I need to see from the wide receiver position. And, you know, the wide receiver is a position where I think analytics can really inform uh, and provide you with a pretty good sense for where people are going to go. And if I'm right about the draft capital, the landing spot doesn't really matter as much for me. Whereas, you know, for running backs and quarterbacks, I think it does matter a lot more. Yeah, for sure. So guy like Jamar Chase, I mean, we know he's going in the first round. Where, where have you been seeing him go in mocks for the NFL draft? Uh, I, I mean, every mock I've seen has him going in like the top 10 latest, like maybe like I think a lot of them have him in the top six. A lot of them have him going to Miami. So, you know, Jamar Chase is, is a normally I like to go running backs early. So, you know, you know, a few weeks ago, even I had like Najee Harris as, as first overall. Uh, sorry, not first overall, but ahead of Jamar Chase. Um, because running backs tend to return value a, a little bit better, but I'm just not a big fan of this class. I think there's a lot of question marks for everyone involved. And back when I thought Najee was like a first round lock, I had him ahead. Uh, recent, more recently, after seeing like guys like Lance Erland come out and and rank Travis Etienne forward, and you know, just like really split on where the top running back is versus like last year, where it was like very clear to me it was like Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Um. So from that perspective, like I'm, I'm not as because we're drafting for the NFL, I don't know where some of those guys will go. And if Najee doesn't go in the first round, then I've, I'll have like a little bit more question marks about him. So that's why I have Jamar Chase here. Because like Jamar Chase, his profile, I really don't have any question marks. He doesn't really have any holes in his profile from my perspective. I think he's one of the best wide receiver prospects probably come out in the last couple of years. So if I'm drafting before the NFL, I think he's probably the safest uh, to grab, which is why I have him here in my ranks. For sure. And then 104 just talked about Najee. So do you think he's not going to get drafted in the first round? It's not that I don't think that it's just, I'm just accounting for a margin of error. I mean, it's a pretty fickle game we play. No one, I mean, I always say this all the time, but nobody knows shit about anything. So yeah. uh, not accounting for that. All I know is that, you know, it seems like Jamar Chase is much safer and I have him back to back and I literally have him back to back in my like combined startup rankings too. So it's not like I'm saying Najee's that much worse than Jamar Chase. I just feel like I'm valuing security uh, before the NFL draft happens because you just can't account for you know what might happen. And if Najee is like the third running back off the board, or let's say it goes off after Javante and uh, and um, Travis Etienne, and he's going like the bottom of like the second round, and they're going like the first round, then I'll like I'll, I'll adjust right. But I think for now, to me, Najee Harris still the best running back in the class. Uh, I'm just. I'm just don't I just don't feel great about this running back class as a whole, basically. Yeah, and we just never know where they're gonna go. And I mean, last year, CEH going at the end of the first round, only running back drafted. And I mean, only got drafted there probably because Patrick Mahomes said that's the guy mm -hmm. that I want. Okay, number five, going heavy with the QBs and then the super flex, you have to. Uh Trey Lance, he seems legit to me. Um, out of North Dakota State, though. You think the smaller school? Impact. Yeah. I mean, do you think it was a beast because he was more at a smaller school than like the SEC? 
Um, I mean, I, I personally don't really focus too much on level of competition for quarterbacks and running backs because there's like so many other factors at play. Like, is their team good? Is their O-line good? Uh, I care about what schools players go to at wide receiver because I think wide receiver is one of the more isolated positions uh, in fantasy, in football, where like, you know, if you're not playing against good competition, then obviously you're just going to like dominate and crush them. But you know, Trey Lance played at a small school, but most, for the most part also played against, you know, lesser uh, played with uh, lesser competition and less talented players as well. So, you know, based on what I'm seeing from like some of the film folks that I that I do like and I do uh, I do trust in. Uh, it seems like from a film perspective, he's he's pretty good. He's pretty up there. Again, I'm not really a film grinder, so I can't really comment based on my eye test. It seems like he has the prerequisite skill set. Is he a bit raw? Sure. Uh, but I think in terms of upside. At the quarterback position, I mentioned the Konami code. I think he's got the best of this class. He's probably the best rusher out of everyone. So it could work out where, you know, he could be the highest scoring fantasy asset like two, three years from now. It would not surprise me at all if he outscored Trevor Lawrence um, a couple of years from now. So I think if I'm drafting quarterbacks, I'm kind of chasing that type of upside. And, and you know, from that perspective, I think Trey Lance offers a, a pretty big boom. Where have you been seeing him go in mock drafts lately? In the yeah, somewhere, probably somewhere in that like 1.05, 1.07 range in that in that middle range. I mean, it seems like he's gonna get the draft capital. The mainstream hype is there for him. Um, you know, some people are mocking him ahead of Justin Fields, even. So, you know, if that happens, maybe I need to adjust and and check out my Justin Fields rankings. But you know, for now, I think he's got the draft capital checked. Uh, he's got the tools. He's got the Konami code. He's got basically everything I'm trying to look for in a quarterback prospect. So, you know, in a in a year where I think everyone is is going super heavy on stud quarterbacks, uh, you know, in the first round of startup drafts, I think Trey Lance is a target that I that I really like in the rookie class. I think I can get at a decent value in startups. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. And then another QB. So four QBs out of the first six picks going with Zach Wilson, who should be drafted pretty high in the NFL also. Yeah, Zach Wilson, uh, you know, blew up in this class. And I think a lot of the knocks against him are are very similar, you know, in terms of that he goes to a smaller school and he, he like doesn't play as well versus tougher competition. Personally, I think, you know, that's I don't like I said, I don't really blow that up because you look at someone like, uh, you know, Mac Jones, right, who, who lit it up and he plays against the best competition, of course. Right. Because he plays in the SEC, he plays at Alabama. But the, the gap in talent between someone playing in Alabama versus like the teams Alabama stomping uh, throughout the year. I think that's that says more than, you know, Zach Wilson is playing with, you know, basically, you know, not not any level of NFL talent on, on the offensive side. So obviously if he goes against a better team that has NFL caliber talent, especially that, are, you know, shredding up his O-line, you know, he's going to get wrecked, right? That That's just, that's just common sense to me. So I don't really knock him for that. 
Uh, I just don't think he provides as much Konami upside as some of the as the other three, so which is why I have him a little bit behind. But uh, I still do like him as a as a prospect. So again, I I like to target those rookie quarterbacks. I think I think they're much safer than people lead on. Um, you know, everyone outside of like the top eight quarterbacks, really no one has job security. So I'd rather bet on some of these younger guys to see what happens. Yeah, for sure. Now running backs is getting a lot of extra hype right now. Travis Etienne, you got him at one hundred and seven. Yeah, I do have him at one hundred and seven. Uh, I think I think that you know it's an interesting dichotomy you know this year with travis Etienne and Najee harris travis Etienne's kind of like the analytics darling you know analytics folks really like travis Etienne. they don't really like Najee because he's older he's a senior etc 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 uh but you know travis Etienne for me i think he's a very landing spot dependent player and you know i have him at 1.07 now because i think his upside is very high but i could see him landing on some some like bad spots and i just don't really i'm not really going to want to touch him as much uh and if that happens i'm probably going to grab like a couple wide receivers ahead of him but for now it seems like he's going to get draft capital you know lance has him as his rb1 and as the only guy that's ranked as like a day one starter so you know maybe he goes in the first round if he goes in the first round i'm gonna have to move him up because honestly if you're running back you draft in the first round it's pretty hard to bust uh at least at least in year one so I'm going to be interested in him uh, going forward. And he has a resume. So, I mean, he's he's pretty electric. Now, does he have a lot of weaknesses? For sure. Uh, you know, not the greatest vision. He's a decent pass catcher. Uh, not not like a lead in that regard. But he has a production profile. So, I'm a big fan. I, I'd say, you know, it's an interesting class. I think I draw the parallel. You know, and the next guy we have is Javante Williams as well. You know, I think, I think this class and 2019 are, are very, very similar. You know, at the top of the class, you have... Najee Harris, who's like a, you know, I guess a film grinder love, you know, all the film people I talk to absolutely love him. They think he's like the best thing since sliced bread. And, you know, maybe he goes in the first round. So that to me is like the Josh Jacobs, right? The Josh Jacobs was a film grinder darling as well. And he had a lot of question marks. And I think Najee Harris is very similar in that regard. And then at, at number two, you have like the analytics darling, which is Travis Etienne compared to like Miles Sanders, where, you know, all the analytics folks loved him. But I had a lot of film, film people that had questions about his vision, about his processing, about a bunch of stuff about Miles Sanders. So that's kind of where Miles Sanders is. And then at number three, you have a juiced up version of David Montgomery, who's like a tackle breaking monster, like that PFF darling made in that PFF PFF mold. And, you know, he's a, he's a better version of David Montgomery for sure, for yeah. sure. Uh, but I think the parallels are, are pretty evident. And after these three, there's like, there's nobody. So, you know, it's a very interesting uh, parallel between these two classes, what I found. Yeah. So, I mean, really these, these three are the ones who are the first round. Uh, have you been, have you been seeing any other, any other startups where any other running backs besides these three are cracking, you know, first rounds? I mean, none of these guys are cracking first round of a startup. Uh, but, you know, for rookie, uh, for rookie drafts, you know, most of them are in the first round. Probably, you know, most people might even have Etienne and Javante a little bit higher than I do. Um, and I think, you know, part of that is just, you know, running back craze, right? If you want to reach for a running back, you got to get one of these guys because I'm telling you, there really is no other running back. I've, I've heard a lot. I've seen a lot of hype on Jamar Jefferson. Uh, I've seen some hype on Kenneth Gainwell. I've seen some hype on Michael Carter. Uh, but in my opinion, like none of them should really be touching the first round. I mean, if anything, I'm not really drafting any first round running backs. You know, I'm not drafting any running backs after those three until like the late second. I think there's a lot more wide receiver prospects that I'd rather, rather take a dart on. And, you know, very similar to 2019 class. Like I don't want to be caught drafting a Devin Singletary. I don't want to be caught drafting a Darrell Henderson just because I was trying to reach on a running back. So uh, I think I think it's very similar to that class in, in that respect. For sure. Definitely agree with that. Don't want to overpay for someone who turns into a bust. 
So 109, Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. Dude is a beast. Why? Um, what do you have him as your number two wide receiver here overall? Yeah, I think I have him in his own tier, just like I have Chase in his own tier, wide receiver. I have Rashad Bateman in his own tier, number two. I think from an analytical perspective, you could make the case that Rashad Bateman is a better prospect than Jamar Chase. You know, Rashad Bateman broke out as a true freshman, uh, dominated as a sophomore, continued to dominate as a junior. Uh, all the all the advanced analytics, you know, it was extremely extremely impressive. He did it with Tyler Johnson, who was uh, who's now plays with the Tampa Bay Bucks. So it's not like he was playing with scrubs. Um, so I'm a big fan of Rashad Bateman from an analytics perspective. I've been a big fan of him since his freshman year because he did break out as a freshman uh, alongside Tyler Johnson. And he's basically improved every single year since then. Um, I'm expecting him to go uh, day two, you know, early day two, uh, potentially late day one, but I'm betting on early day two. And if that happens, I think, you know, he's going to be a very, very good prospect. You know, he could be, I'm not going to say he's Justin Jefferson because Justin Jefferson, obviously, you know, a, a very, a very uh, very talented wide receiver he's already proven in the NFL but I think you can he can be like that type of value uh you know late in the first that has like that type of upside because I think Rashad Bateman is a very very complete wide receiver based on what I've learned from the film community as well so he kind of checks both film and analytics for me and I think value wise he's probably the best value in the in the later part of the first and I have him at 1.09 I bet that you could get him later than that uh, in your drafts, I think most people have like Devonta Smith ranked like number two, for example, and someone will go with Devonta Smith. And I think, you know, Rashad Bateman is in another class of wide receiver compared to him. Yeah. And I feel like breaking out as a, as a freshman makes a difference. And I was watching just a bunch of highlights and stuff. I don't watch as much. Uh, I don't watch any NCAA. Um, so I, I need to get into that more, but all these highlights and stuff that I'm watching, I just keep hearing true freshman, true freshman. I'm like, dude, like he's a junior now. And some of his best highlights from when, he was a freshman, so yeah, that is yep. dope. One ten. So I know you said you plan tight end premium, and obviously, if this was tight end premium, he'd be a lot higher. Kyle Pitts. Um, do you think that his land he's dependent on his landing spot, or do you think no matter where he goes, he's going to come in and wreck it? Um, I think every tight end is a little bit dependent on the landing spot because you know if you if you go to a team that doesn't really feature the tight end, then you're kind of bone, right? And that's the risk with drafting tight end. Now, like, do I think Kyle Pitts is one of the best prospects we've ever seen? Like, yeah, I agree. He's he's incredible. And if, if I'm just looking at him purely from a prospect perspective, I think he's I think he's dope, right? He's if you draft Kyle Pitts, that's probably a really safe investment because you're, you're, he's not going to lose value between now and next year. Anyone that drafts Kyle Pitts knows he has to wait for tight end, takes a little bit longer to develop, et cetera, et cetera. You know, the reason why I have him here is because I think running backs and wide receivers appreciate in value a lot more. So I think about it from the perspective of what is the opportunity cost that I'm giving up and drafting a tight end in a rookie draft. And that's how I think about it. So I, I tend to not really go heavy on tight ends. I, I used to, you know, in TJ Hawkinson's year, I thought he was like a really good prospect and I drafted him early and I didn't lose on that trade because, you know, TJ Hawkinson has, obviously hit and and you know his value has gone up since then but i did lose from the perspective that hey i, I passed on like an aj brown or like a dk metcalf for example mm, to draft him yeah. and, and those players have appreciated in value a lot more even like miles sanders for example so you know that's how i approach the tight end position i fully agree that you know kyle pitts is a stud he's going to be amazing and if anything i'm going to be drafting him in non-tight end premium leagues i think in tight end premium leagues will probably be a little bit too expensive for me uh but you know, it's just it's just a matter of balancing out the opportunity costs and, and things that I'm giving up to draft someone like a Kyle Pitts. Because from prospect perspective, he's amazing. He's fantastic. No arguments for me. For me, it's just about a game theory perspective of uh, the opportunity cost that I'm that I'm using to draft a young rookie tight end. 
Yeah, and I don't know if I'll have Kyle Pitts anywhere in tight end premium. I mean, if I'm seeing if what on I'm seeing on Twitter happens in these drafts, like Kyle Pitts is going to be going like number one overall and number two overall in rookie drafts. Like the hype is insane right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's probably what you're gonna have to pay. I'd say you're probably you know if you're drafting Kyle Pitts, it's gonna cost you no less than like a top three or four pick. So you know, you're going to make the decision between a tight end and a quarterback and, and a running back uh, or like a Jamar Chase at that spot. Personally, I'm, I'm going Jamar Chase and quarterbacks, but I completely understand why people want to want to fire on Kyle Pitts because he is he is amazing. For sure. All right, let's round this out. 111, Rondale Moore from Purdue. And uh, one thing that I noticed about him is he really likes to initiate contact. Uh, you have him as your third wide receiver here. Yeah, Rondale Moore, incredible prospect. You know, if we're looking at true freshman breakouts, Rondell Moore's true freshman season might be one of the greatest of all time. And the only reason why I have him behind Bateman and Jamar Chase is because he doesn't profile as like that, you know, alpha number one wide receiver at the next level. And based on what I'm seeing from some of the mainstream NFL people, it seems like they don't view him that way either. And, you know, he's potentially like maybe a slot receiver at the next level, which is fine for fantasy. You know, that that's totally cool. Uh, but that's probably maybe a little bit more landing spot dependent than someone like a Jamar Chase, who I think is just going to be an alpha wherever he goes. Uh, and same with the Bateman. So, uh, but I don't have him that far apart. I just have him, you know, one tier down. And I'm a big fan of Rondell Moore. I've been a big fan of Rondell Moore again since his freshman season because he he blew up. And, you know, I think the Ray GQ put up the best comp I've seen for him. You know, years ago he comped him to Steve Smith, and I think he yeah. is very much like a Steve Smith build. He's very aggressive when he goes. Uh, to the catch point and uh, from a yards after the catch perspective him and chase are top of this class uh, you know in a league of their own uh, if you look at any of the numbers and you know he has like very short a dot in college but that's kind of how they use him at purdue i'm hoping that they're a little bit more uh creative with him when they got to the nfl but he's a fantastic player and i think you know people are gonna hit on because he's small or whatever but this dude's thick man he's fucking strong i don't know if you guys seen the videos but he squatted like 600 pounds which is just insane he's basically He's Ant Man is how I would describe him in terms of his in terms of his like bodily strength proportionate to his size. So I'm not too worried about his size. He's also gonna be pretty damn fast if you watch him on tape. Uh, he's running in that four four range to be my guess. So you know he checks all the boxes, and the only thing that people knock him for is he got hurt. You know, got hurt a couple of years uh, years ago where you know it looked like he basically should have blown up his entire knee, but because of the freak athlete that this guy is, he didn't. So. I'm a big fan of Rondell Moore. Again, I think this wide receiver class runs deep, and that's why you can't really reach on some of these later running backs because you have guys like Rondell Moore that you're going to be landing in the later first, and it's just going to be fantastic value. Nice. And, yeah, him being small, after seeing his um, his highlights and things like that, like it doesn't even matter. Like He's out there trying to initiate contact and trying to truck DBs and <laughs> was doing a good job of trucking them. So, yeah, dude is a beast. And – Rounding it out with 112, Jalen Waddle from Alabama. Why do you have him higher than uh, Devonta Smith? Yeah, I just I think he's a much more electric player to me. And again, I'm not a, I'm not a film grinder by any means, but I think I think Jalen Waddle and Rondell Moore are two of the best athletes in this class uh, outside of Kyle Pitts. Uh, you know, just even given their size, even not accounting for the size, I think they're a couple of the best athletes in terms of what they can do with the ball in their hands after the catch. And I, I like targeting that type of wide receiver. Um, and you know, from a numbers perspective. Uh, like, you know, Jalen Waddle is probably not the analytics darling, right? And, you know, I probably have him higher than most analytics people would, but, you know, people like to jump to the Henry Ruggs comparison. I think Jalen Waddle is a much better prospect than Henry Ruggs. If you look at what Jalen Waddle did in his true freshman year, 
He had 17% market share of the team's receiving yards, which is more than Henry Ruggs did in his entire career. Um, and then Jalen Waddle, probably the best punt returner in college football. So I like that dynamic playmaking ability. And then if we look at this year, he was better than Devonta Smith when they were healthy. Uh, he outproduced Devonta Smith when they were both healthy in the beginning of the year. Jalen Waddle had about 35% market share of the team's receiving yards. Devonta Smith, I think, was rocking like a 30%. So, you know, from that perspective, Jalen Waddle was better. So, you know, Devonta Smith obviously went on to have an incredible season, but also Devonta Smith was a senior and Jalen Waddle yeah. was a junior. Uh, and, you know, people go off age. I, I tend to go, I've basically pivoted and I go off of years of experience now. So Jalen Waddle is a bit of an older prospect, but he didn't redshirt, just an older guy, uh, which is fine. Uh, in my books. So I think Jalen Waddle is just one of the most exciting guys. And this is one where I'm kind of like crumpling up my playbook of analytics and being like, Hey, this, this guy looks to me like he could be the best, you know, athlete in this class. He looks incredible. He can score from any point in the field. And I think he, and he, and he's built pretty thick too. So I think he's a lot better than Devonta Smith. Personally, I understand those that you know, want to have Devonta Smith ahead of him. But out of the two Alabama wide receivers, I think Jalen Waddle is just uh, on another level. He's so fast. And, yeah, when you talk about can take it to the house from any level, like, yeah, if he gets any kind of separation, he's just that fast. Like, even in the NFL, that speed's going to translate. Yep, for sure. All right. And Chris said, who was 8 through 12? So at 8, we had Javonta Williams, 9, Rashad Bateman, 10, Kyle Pitts, 11, Rondale Moore, and 12, Jalen Waddle. Sweet. Well, awesome. Um, glad I got to do this with you. Glad I got to break down the top 12. And, yeah, I I'm sure things are going to change after we find out the um, the landing spots from the NFL. Uh, let me see. I'm just trying to think. Are there any date? No, there's. Uh, is there any big pro days or anything going on? that um coming up uh soon um uh, i think to, i mean today it was like fsu so tomorrow and terry measured in that guy's a beast um auburn measured in so seth williams is a, is a beast as well i'm trying to think like who's coming i mean obviously uh devonta smith didn't didn't really measure he just said i weigh 170 and then yeah. didn't do anything else so you know that set twitter ablaze you know bmi truthers were were joking and then you know devonta smith truthers were defending him so i i look man it's it's an interesting time there's no combine i i personally miss the combine because it's organized and yeah you can kind of track all this stuff i hate doing this like piecemeal like pro day stuff so mm -hmm. i'm looking forward to next year when it's all back um but honestly like i don't i don't really pay too much mind to this stuff unless someone sets off like a major red flag someone goes out there and runs like a four seven as a running back i'm like ah, that guy's probably off my board just because not because i think the 40 is like super important but because i think nfl teams won't drive guys that run that slow so um so that's got big basically what i pay attention to you know i don't i don't really get too much into the weeds there i'm i'm focused on my ranks i'm focused on the other stuff that kind of matters a lot more and uh just kind of move on with my day nice all right last thing how about three sleeper wide receivers in the rookie draft so let, let's say three guys outside of like the top 10 ish three sleeper wide receivers um i mean i don't know if these are these are necessarily sleepers uh but not a lot of dynasty people follow me so like Sleepers oh. to like people who don't really play dynasty. Okay. Right? Okay. Yeah, that's different. So, okay. So, I mean, Deami Brown is someone that I that I really like at the wide receiver position. I've been a big fan of him going back a couple of years now. He plays for North Carolina. 
Yeah. Um, and you know, he has a, a very, very good analytical profile. Um, I think, you know, think of him like a, like another Will Fuller, uh, so to speak. And he's kind of like that deep threat, but also knows how to work the underneath, uh, and just a fantastic prospect there. Uh, and then, you know, uh, maybe someone else that people don't really focus on too much. I mentioned Tamari and Terry, uh, from Florida state. I think he's someone you can probably get in like the late second, early third of your rookie drafts. It's just a, just a beast beast athletically speaking. And he's a total freak. And today he, I think he went out and ran like a four, 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 five or something. Anyways, four, four to four, five. Uh, he played at like two twenty last year. I think he weighed in at two Oh seven. So definitely leaned down a little bit, but he's someone that's interesting, uh, that you can definitely grab, uh, later on in your drafts. And then you got guys like uh, maybe like a super deep guy. Uh, this guy called Michael uh, Michael Strachan Strachan S T R A C H A N. I literally just learned about him. Like he plays for Charleston, and this is someone you might not even need to draft. You could probably pick him off off uh, free agency uh, free agency waivers. But this guy's a freak. He tested just like out of this world and he was obviously highly productive at a very small and unproductive school so that's a that's a very that's a red flag obviously but if you're getting for free uh just someone to kind of like keep track of and uh keep on your radar sweet there you go you heard it here first cool well thanks again for coming on really appreciate you sharing some of your dynasty knowledge um tell everybody where to find you at shout out your patreon um and everything you got going on yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter at Mike Me Up with two Ps. Uh, I'm usually on there engaging. So if you hit me up or my DMs always open too. So if you have like questions and stuff, I try and respond when I can. Um, and then, you know, you can find my video content over at Bunk Bed Breakdowns on YouTube uh, and also available in all the podcast formats as well if you guys prefer that. But really, it's it's a video. It's a video show. So, you know, try and catch it on YouTube if you can. And then, you know, recently launched uh, my Patreon. Uh, it's called the Wolfpack Patreon. So it's patreon.com slash our pack. And, you know, on there, uh, you can get my rankings. Uh, that's pretty much the only place you can get it outside of the BDG draft guide. Um, so you'll have like, you know, combined startup rankings with rookies, uh, super flex. And then you'll also have, if you pay for the utmost tier, you'll have like Devi rankings as well, which is if you never played Devi, you basically draft college players and they sit on your taxi squad so that when they come out of the college and they roll directly into your NFL, it's pretty fun. You never tried it out, highly recommend it. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at across all those things. And then just, uh, yeah, holler at me on Twitter. Sweet. Thanks for everybody who's still watching right now. Thanks for joining in. If you don't follow me everywhere, make sure you click the link in the description. Go follow me on YouTube, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, every podcast platform out there. Go hit me up, guys. I will see you later. Peace out, everybody. See you. you ready, Jerry? I'm ready. Just want to make sure you're ready, brother. Show me the money. Oh, you didn't know? Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. My shoes on, you wouldn't last a mile. Summertime, when it's time, I'm on the grind. Yeah, I got the ring, I'm the champ, I'm the genie of the lamp. This is the gift I was given, so I just live by my hustle.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park 